I know you guys uh, are going to go downstairs, and you'd probably have more fun up here, but we're going to go ahead and release you and bless you now. So stand up. Father, I thank you for the next generation who are going to go beyond what we can do, what we have done, what we will do. I ask that you bless each person who's going to share with them about knowing Jesus and hearing his voice as these young people become men and women who are going to change our world. Amen. Go have fun. So you might have guessed today's teaching is about evangelism. Four weeks ago, I talked about evangelism. Two weeks ago, Wanda came, Wanda Fast came and said, there's an anointing on this church for evangelism. That, by the way, does not make us better than other churches. It simply means we have an anointing on us for evangelism. And as Sunil shared, she asked, okay, how many people have led someone to Jesus in the last week, month, and year, and we didn't raise our hands? So we kind of got a, you would have, yes, but we didn't raise our hands. The message of who Jesus is, is the most amazing message we could ever get. And yet, there's this thing in virtually all of us, not all of us, but virtually all of us, that sounds just like what Sunil said. I don't feel comfortable doing that. By the way, if you've never experienced personal relationship with Jesus, don't leave today without it. It's just the best you could get. So anyway, in spite of Jesus' direct command to every one of us to go and tell other people about the good news of Jesus, most of us don't. I talked about two possible reasons that we don't. One is we're afraid of what people will think about us. The other is we're afraid we don't know how to explain things well enough. I give you a third one today that Sunil kind of laid the groundwork for. Most of us, when we hear the word evangelism, cringe or shrink back or get afraid or go, I don't want to do that. Not because the message isn't good, but we're not comfortable with the model that's been given to us. Just like Sunil said, the model we've seen set before us in church is that you go out and stuff tracks in somebody's hand while you stand on a street corner. And that scares the heaven out of us or the hell into us or something. But we don't want to do that. Hello? Those of you who won't raise your hands or don't want to say yes are, are just, you know, you're not fooling me. Because we don't do that. We don't want to because we're not comfortable. We're not wired that way. Telling someone who is a stranger that they need to accept Jesus and be saved is uncomfortable for most of us at best and terrifying for a lot of us. That just isn't anywhere close to our comfort zone. 
going out on the street and getting a word of knowledge or praying for someone who's sick. We just don't do it. Why? I want to suggest that God hasn't made us all the same. That was deep, right? Consider, though, the role models we have for evangelism. In history, somebody like Charles Wesley, John Wesley, or Charles Finney. Has anybody ever read about Charles Finney? Oh, my gosh. He walks into town and people walking down the streets fall under the conviction of God and the whole town gets saved. Okay, that's a fabulous story. Billy Graham is probably the most well-known person in the 20th century. Reinhard Bonnke preaches to people six-digit attendance, 100,000, 200,000 people. And that's fabulous what they do. And it has no relation to me and how I share the gospel. None. All it does is go, yay, way to go and get them. It doesn't speak to me at all. It goes, I am not that. And yet, Jesus says to every one of us, go and tell other people about Jesus. How are we going to reconcile doing this thing? I want to suggest we've been given a model for evangelism that does not fit the ministry functions for most people in church. And what I'm going to give you in the next couple of minutes is different kinds of models. Sunil shared one. I'll get back to it in a minute. But the idea of evangelism not being about tracts, but for her, it's about relationship. And it's just as valid as Billy Graham's method for Billy Graham, because we're not all called to do that. Ephesians 4.11, you all know this one. It was he, God, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors, and teachers. One reason we do not tell people about Jesus is that we have not been given an evangelism example that aligns with our fivefold function. Little commercial right here. If you're interested or curious or don't understand about fivefold function, there is an equipping class on the website you can sign up for and learn about it if you want, if you want to know more. If you don't take anything else home, take this home with you. Our fivefold function is an important indicator of the type of evangelism that is most effective for each person. Our fivefold function is an important indicator of the type of evangelism that is most effective for each person. My goal today is that evangelism becomes less dreadful to you. A couple of people nodded their heads. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Just for our purpose today, for the purpose of explanation about it, each one of us has one of the fivefold gifts as a primary influence in how we do ministry and interact with other people. It does not mean we've been identified as a prophet, evangelist, apostle, or whatever. But our function is aligned with one of those five. Now, more specifically to evangelism, someone who has an apostolic function, 
a pastoral function, a teaching function, or a prophetic function will have a different expression of how they do evangelism than someone who has an evangelistic function. Now, you know, people are nodding like, yeah, that makes sense, but have you ever heard that? I hadn't. The idea that I'm not required to be like Billy Graham or I'm not required to be like, I just went blank. Who's the guy with the dreads? I'm not required to be like him. I see his videos, I go, that's amazing. And it scares me to death to do thinking that I would do something like that because that's not my function. It's, it's his. Sunil told the difference of how Elena does it compared to how she does it. I don't do it the way she does. I'm glad she does that. She probably shares with more people in a, in a month than I do in a year. But her function is different than mine. So the way she does evangelism is different than the way I'm going to do evangelism. We're all called to do it, but we're going to do it different ways depending on our function. Think about it for a minute. Who talks about evangelism in, in churches where we've been? People who have evangelistic function, because that's what they like to talk about. Who teaches us how to do evangelism? People with evangelistic function, because they're the ones who are out there doing it. And they teach us the model that they do, the evangelistic function model. Everybody who's ever taught everything or anything about evangelism that I've experienced is an evangelist function. And that's awesome. I'm so glad your, your model works for you. It doesn't work for me. And it doesn't work for most of us, which is why most of us don't share how awesome Jesus is with other people. Because we go, just like Sunil, I can't do that. I'm not wired that way. I don't have that kind of gifting. I don't have that sort of passion. You with me? See, the way a evangelist function person works is their first thought about how they address anything is, how do we tell more people about Jesus? We go to the hospital. We're going to make a visitation. What do, we go, what do most of us go there for? Most of us go to visit, to comfort the person who's there or the family that's there, and pray for healing maybe. An evangelistic person function goes to the hospital because they want to get the person saved. Yeah? Yeah. What's different? How God designed us to function together. Mary can get them saved. I can help them grow up in their relationship and understand what they just did. Elena can go in there and, you know, there's a room full of people and she'll just go, do you know Jesus? Jesus is the best thing and you need to meet Jesus and this is awesome. I'm going, oh my gosh, I, I just don't know how you did that. But then I can turn around and pray for them and get a prophetic word from God to encourage them. 
because my function's different. We got to have people that will go and do that. But it takes 10 minutes to get somebody saved, or two minutes, or maybe 15 if you're having a long dialogue. It takes 10 years to help mature and grow people into maturity so that they can in turn raise up other people. That's why few people have the function of going out and just, you know, have you been saved? Have you met Jesus? Do you know who Jesus is? I got to tell you about Jesus because he's just so awesome. And then the rest of us kind of have to fix them up and help them learn what they just agreed to. But that's what, that's what evangelistic function people do. They kind of have, <laughs> they're kind of a one-trick pony. How do we get more people to know Jesus? And that's the best trick pony you can get because Jesus said, go tell other people about who Jesus is. Now, that doesn't let us off the hook who don't have that. Hello? He didn't say, only those of you who have an evangelistic function, you guys go out and do that, and the rest of you, you don't have to do that. You can stay home. You can wait till they come in the church, and then you can do your thing. Didn't say that. We're all called to tell other people about Jesus. But what if we were able to tell people about Jesus in a way that's in alignment with how God made us. So I want to take a few minutes now and talk about how other functions may do evangelism. Yes, that was entirely planned that Sunil would share today. She's very much a pastoral function. Those of you who know her, safest person on the planet to talk to. You always feel cared for. You go to their house. And the house just feels better than just serving tea and cookies. You feel like your family there. And the whole family is good about that, but she's the one that carries the anointing of pastoral function that makes that house feel different. So how does Sunil do, or anybody who has a pastoral function, there are a number of you here that have that, how do they do evangelism? Well, pastoral function people are all about relationship. Pastoral people do evangelism through relationship, not through proclamation of the gospel. Just like what she said, they drop by the house, they start to feel comfortable, they begin to share things about their life. They go, you know, hey, I've been studying about... I mean, is this a setup or what? I've been studying about Buddha and Muhammad and Jesus, and they're all the same. And yeah, that's kind of interesting. I go, could I tell you the difference? In the context of relationship, where it's comfortable for her to do, she's not in front of people, she's not performing, it all comes out of the function she's already doing. Now, it's not the same as Billy Graham, it's not even the same as what Elena does. But it's the way God wired her. And I want to encourage you that the method of evangelism that a pastoral function person does is just as valid as what the evangelist function does. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't impact the same people. It doesn't interact with people the same way. But it's just as valid Somebody say amen, because this is going to help you to get free of the bondage of having to go and grab somebody and go, do you know Jesus? 
But come to my house and let's talk. And in the context of you feeling comfortable and you share things about your heart and you share things about what's going on in your life and out of that relationship, which is what pastoral function people do, you share who Jesus is. Now, wouldn't that, those of you who kind of have that as one of, the, of, of your primary function, wouldn't that be easier than tagging along with her in the street, talking to people, and here's a tract, and, you know, you need to know Jesus, and if you don't, you're going to hell. This is good news. I'm glad to tell you that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A person who has a prophetic function is focused on God. Their starting question for everything is, is it God? So how then do you begin to do evangelism with that route? The topic of God hasn't come up. I don't even know if they're interested in God. Well, I can't talk to them. Because it's not that they can't talk to them, but they're not comfortable talking. Because the question is, where is God in this thing? Once a prophetic person, function, finds God in this circumstance, they're on. How does a prophetic function person share things? They interpret somebody's dream. Tell them what God wants to say out of it. Joseph was pretty good at that one. It made him assistant to the Pharaoh. They might be a person who does a lot of research about a lot of stuff that they can then relate to God as it relates to the person because prophetic function people tend to be researchers. They may have insight to know how to pray and minister to generational or trauma issues in a person. Prophetic function people tend to be pretty good at that stuff. But the driver is, for evangelism, the prophetic function person finds where God is in the the conversation, and we're going to talk about that. And that's the avenue for them to share. For the apostolic function, it's a little bit harder. Not because apostolic function people are disinterested in individuals coming to know Jesus, but the starting place for an apostolic person is what's the big picture? But apostolic people, once they focus on an individual, then then they're able to do that. But the challenge for an apostolic person is to see the individual, not the individual as a springboard for saving the city or the province or the country. But they're able to do that once they come down and do that. But they don't start with that. Somebody whose evangelistic function starts with, how do I tell this person about Jesus? An apostolic person starts with, how do we tell the city about Jesus? Oh, but there's somebody in front of me. Okay, right now I'm focused on them. But that's not where they start. And they have to learn to go, i got to take it down to this person who's in front of me. And when they do, it works well. We are blessed 
that we have a pastor who's very apostolic. You've all talked to him a bunch of times, right? It's always about the country or the city or the world or the universe or something. It is. And we need that because none of the rest of us have that kind of perspective. If the church doesn't have apostolic function people, we get all into ourselves doing our thing on Sunday. And the rest of the world, well, hopefully somebody will tell them. Some evangelists will go tell them. We need that to keep our focus. And one of the awesome things about this church community is we have people that say, we're going to look at some place in India to make sure those kids and those young people, we're going to pray for our country up in Ottawa and all these kinds of things so that we are more well-rounded. It's not just about our little thing. His default is city and up. That's where he starts. He's learned that it's individual too. Because his secondary function is prophetic, the way he connects with people most of the time is through signs. All the time, right? I wonder if this, you know, wow, I've seen the same number come up like four times. And, you know, and then I got, you know, it was in the verses I read this morning and all those kind of things. That's what prophetic people do. And people can connect with that. Hey, why do you think people go to astrologers and, and get involved in witchcraft? They're looking for something that's real in their life. What if the church actually gave connection to the supernatural, but did it through the power of Holy Spirit instead of some other way. So the kind of things where they're looking for things, researchers, does he know everything about everything? And if he can't find it, he can find it on his phone in like three minutes or something. I can't even get my phone open in three minutes. (laughs) Because prophetic people tend to be researchers and having access to say, okay, For this person, they're talking about this, and I know about this stuff because I've got this bookmarked in 16 places in my phone to talk about this, to be able to connect with people. And that's how people who have apostolic function are able to make a connection with people. They see big picture, but for evangelism, they recognize there are times when God brings individuals into my life that I'm supposed to share with, even though my thing is big picture. I'm totally biased in what I'm going to say now. I'm putting it out there that I am biased, okay? Save the best for last, the teacher function. The initial question that a teacher function asks is, is it true? Is it biblically true? That's the starting place for a, a, pardon me, a teacher function. So when they're doing evangelism, a teacher function says, how can I begin to connect with this person so that they can discover what's true about God? It isn't, I'm going to immediately tell, you know, You need to get saved. That's just not how we're wired. Okay, I think I can make this now. A teacher function person who wants to effectively share the good news of Jesus generally makes connection through questions. 
Everybody in Acts is going, yep, that sounds like Rob. <laughs> Somebody actually came one time and asked me something, and I gave a straight answer. But it was a mistake. I should have thought of a question. <laughs> have you noticed when you read about the life of Jesus, how often people would come to him and he'd ask a question back? Questions, see, I'm getting into home turf, so I'm really comfortable with this one. Questions, if they're God-anointed, are an invitation to revelation for people. People are going to say yes to God way faster when they come to the revelation of it rather than being told, accept Jesus or go to hell. But when they get it, they're in. And that's why yet. The teacher function in particular asks questions because we ask questions all the time anyway. Part of my norm for reading the Bible is, God, what, what did you mean when you said this? What is this verse here for? Why is this word here? This is so weird. What did you put this in? Are you kidding? Does that really mean what it says? That's my whole dialogue with getting ready for sermons is I get a passage and go, okay, I got 37 questions I want to ask you. Can you give me a couple of them? See, when Jesus asked questions, he was inviting them into learning something more significant about whatever they were looking for. And if they're coming to find out, they would say, who are you? You do things differently. And he'd say, you know, some just weird, seemingly off-the-cuff sort of thing. Teacher function asks questions. I try to give people an experience with God through a prophetic word or healing or something like that. But when I'm in a place where I'm leading somebody to Jesus, I ask questions. People find out I'm a pastor and they go, oh, I'm not religious. To which I respond, that's awesome, neither am I. And then they go, that just messes with their whole paradigm of things. Since we're not religious... Tell me about your belief system and how you figure out what's right and what's wrong. Or, that's so interesting. Does your belief system have a supreme being? Tell me about your supreme being. Before very long, because most people who think like that haven't thought through what they believe very often, it opens a door for somebody to say, I don't really know. What do you do? You asked. Because I trust somewhere along the line, like Jesus did, in asking the questions, Holy Spirit's going to show up and open something in their heart. And if I'm paying attention at all, then I'm going, okay, now's the time. But that's what a teacher function does. My goal for today was to give you at least a measure of freedom to say, I can evangelize. I don't have to do it like an evangelist function. But I can do it and just be me. The way God made me, with the gifts that he made me, with the perspective on life that he made me to do, I can do evangelism too. I can be obedient to Jesus just like the evangelist does. And I get to do it the way he made me. With the skills, the aptitudes, the passions that he made me to do i got about three minutes. I'd like you to just sit for just a second. I just want to speak a blessing over you. You can bow your head, close your eyes. 
raise your hands, whatever you want to do. Just posture yourself before Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that you called us into freedom. Every single person who has said yes to Jesus is called to freedom. And God, that you are breaking mindsets right now in people that say, I can't evangelize because I can't do what evangelists do. And in Jesus' name, that connection, that unbiblical connection that says, I must do it like an evangelist in order to to be obedient to Jesus, is broken today. And I proclaim over every one of you the freedom to pursue God's purpose and function in your life to do sharing evangelism, good news of Jesus with other people through the gifts, the talents, the function, the thinking that God has put in you, the passions that he's put in you, that you have what it takes. In Jesus' name, you came equipped with what it takes to be able to share the love of Jesus with other people and do what Jesus said, go do this. That you're going to be able to do it without bondage, without feeling inferior, without fear, because you're going to do this the way God made you to do it in the first place. So in Jesus' name, I release again the anointing that was spoken of when Wanda was here two weeks ago on this congregation. But we all get to do it the way God created us to be. And the gifts and the functions he's made us to do it in. We were intended for freedom. And freedom includes how we evangelize. Our fivefold function is an important indicator of the type of evangelism that is most effective for each person. Amen? Look here for just a second. May the Lord bless you this week as you take a different perspective of what it means to share the love of Jesus with other people. Go forth and multiply. Amen.